the Lord, everybody. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. So good to be with you. Let us stand. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer tonight. Amen. Prayer affect others. Amen. Prayer will affect others. And so the best way to affect somebody is by praying for them. Amen. Sometimes we want to affect people by how we speak to them. Sometimes we'll affect people by our intellect, our intelligence. But the best way to affect anyone is by praying for them. Amen. Because God knows what to do. Amen. And so we have some 
prayer requests, I, I would believe tonight if you will join me in prayer. Uh, I, I just got uh, the news from uh, Brother Sharp that Sister Mariah's uh, mother, um, his son Michael's um, fiance, her mom, Brooke, um, needs a, a kidney. I'm just shaking my head like, you got your kidney. She's young. And so um, we're going to pray that God will heal her miraculously. If God want to give her a kidney, that's fine. But we're praying for her healing. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so if you want to get her a kidney, I'm good with that. But we're praying for miraculous healing that she don't need anything. Amen? So, Brooke, we got to pray for her so she will be healed. Daryl's father. Mm, okay. So we got to pray for Daryl's father, Mr. Parker. We got to pray that God will touch his body and heal him. That's not that's not easy. That's not um, that's tough when you get the, the news, anything um, about sickness. But as we know, the big C word is just we got to make it the little C word sooner or later. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Any other prayer requests? We have Brooke. We have Mr. Parker. Gene Thomas, anything specific? God's favor. Okay. All right. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Dwight. Dwight was um, battling with some sickness, right? Yes. How's he doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Pray for Dwight. Pray for my father-in-law. Uh, Mr. Johnson, he is um, battling some breathing issue as well. So Dwight, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Parker, we need God to touch his body and heal him miraculously. Brooke, she needs a kidney. We need God to touch her. Jean Thomas, we need for God's favor in her life. Amen. Um, yeah, well, he's, he's, he's home. He's good. I spoke to him today. <laughs> spoke to him today. He's good. <laughs> You know, I got to be honest with you. Nowadays, when anything happens, I pray right away. I don't wait. I just I just stop what I'm doing in my tracks, and I don't care where I am. I just start praying because I don't want to forget, and I don't want to get other things in my brain and push that thought out. So I just pray right on the spot. So anytime I'm getting the news while I'm by myself or wherever I am, I'm praying right right there. As soon as you get it to me, I'm, I'm praying. And then eventually, obviously, I bring it before the congregation to say, let's pray. But when I hear it first, I'm, I'm just on it. I'm praying because I, I believe that God will um, hear our prayers and God will do it. Amen. All right. Well, let's pray tonight. You've heard the prayer requests. And let's pray that God have his way in our Bible study tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we praise you. We magnify your name. You are our God. And we're so thankful tonight to be gathered in your name, Lord God. We humble ourselves under the banner, the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are your children, Lord God, and your people who are called by your name. Father, will you sanctify us tonight? Will you cleanse us and wash us that we may be clean? For, Lord, we want our prayers to be heard in the throne room in heaven, Lord God. And, Lord, we're desiring that you grant our request, Lord God, according to your will tonight. Uh, Father, hear our cry and hear our petitions, Lord God, for you are the answer, Lord God. You are the source. And, oh, God, without you, nothing can be done, Lord God. So, Lord, we 
we pray tonight uh, for Jean Thomas, Lord Jesus, uh, that you will grant her godly favor in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, that you will open doors and that you will make a way for her, Lord God. Uh, we pray your favor upon her tonight, Lord, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for Dwight, Lord God, uh, that by the power of your spirit you will move upon him, Lord, uh, and that by your stripe he will be healed and be made whole in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, oh God, for Lloyd Johnson, Lord, that from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, you will touch him and heal him miraculously, Lord, that by your stripe he will be made whole. He will be healed, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray tonight, Lord God, for Mr. Parker, Father. Lord God, we need a miracle, oh God, for your will to be done in his life, oh God. And we pray tonight by the authority of your word and the power of the name of Jesus Christ that you will touch, oh God, Mr. Parker, from the crown of his head. To the sole of his feet, Lord God, that by your stripe you will dry up that cancer even now as we speak, Lord God, and it will be eradicated and removed from his body, Lord God, by the power of the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word of God, and by your stripe, O oh God, that he will be healed and be made whole in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for Brooke tonight, Lord God. I pray for Brooke tonight, Lord God, that by the power of the Lord, the power of the name of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, you will touch Brooke's body, and that, Lord, you will give her a new kidney, even now, Lord God. I pray, Almighty God, for miraculous healing, that by your stripe, Lord, she will be healed, she will be made whole, that, Lord God, you will touch tonight, Lord God. We pray by faith. We pray, oh God, according to the power of God, the authority of the word, and the power of the name of Jesus. Will you heal, Brooke, Lord God? Will you make her whole tonight, Lord God? Hear our cry, Lord God, and give her a miracle, oh God, that she will be healed in her body. Will you have your way in our Bible study tonight, Lord? That faith will increase, and the power of God will move, and by faith, Almighty God, your will be done in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit, Lord God. Pour out of your spirit tonight, Lord God, upon us, Lord Jesus, and work in the midst of us, Lord. Reveal the mystery of the scriptures and speak clearly into our heart that we will leave changed, that we will leave differently, Lord God. We give you the honor and the praise. We give you the honor and the praise in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's clap your hands unto the Lord. For he is good, his mercy everlasting, his truth endureth to all generations. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless your holy name. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Greet somebody tonight and just tell them you're glad to see them. Greet somebody and say, I'm so glad to see you. 
So glad to see you. Hallelujah. So glad to see you. Amen. Glad to see you. Amen. Glad to see you. Our online congregation, we're glad you're with us. We're glad you're with us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. (laughs) I'm glad to see you. (laughs) Amen. What a way to start out our service tonight. We just baptized Tracy Ann in the name of Jesus Christ. What a way to start our Bible study off tonight. Amen. Make sure you encourage Tracy Ann and be a blessing to her. I told her that she has been brought into the family of God, and this is a new beginning for her. This is a new uh, world for her, and she's going to have to learn, and she's going to have to grow. And so I am counting on you. The Lord Jesus is counting on you to be a part of her life in helping her in whatever way we can help her that she can be all that God called her to his kingdom for her to be. So make sure you greet her. Make sure you love her. Let her know we're so glad that God sent her here, and we're going to do everything that we can to help her be the best version of herself in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm going to go to Matthew. You don't have to stand tonight. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to go through some text there. Matthew 25, we'll start in verse 14, and we'll travel to verse number 30. Amen. Good to see everyone tonight. Amen. I don't know, Brother Scarlett. I'm hearing a little bit of ring here and there. I don't know what is that, the cause of the ring here and there. This is not the doorbell, so I don't know why. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew chapter 25. We're going to begin in verse number 14. The word of the Lord says, I want you to, I'm going to read nice and slow and I want you to follow along with me. I'm going to emphasize some of the, um, the points in this text that I want you to pay attention to. Um, you might be familiar with this passage of scripture, but the Lord will always have us to you know, I know for me in living for Christ, um, it doesn't matter how many times I've preached from a certain text or I've studied a certain text. When the Lord brings it to your attention again, he's going to show you something new in that text that you didn't see before. You're like, man, I know this text. Why am I seeing this now? Well, it's because the Lord brought it to your attention. That's why we said the word of God is living. It's the living word, okay? And so God will show you things in the word that you didn't see. You know, the 50 other times you look at it, you didn't see it. And all of a sudden you go back to it and you say, why am I seeing this now? And I, I didn't see it before. So we are reading the living word of God in Matthew chapter 25, verse number 14. The word of the Lord says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods and unto one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey then he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents and likewise he that had received two he also gained other two 
But he that had that had received one and digged it, but he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. So he gave him back the one talent. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which had ten talents. For unto every one that had shall be given and he shall have abundance. But from him that had not shall be taken away even that which he had. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to talk to you a little bit tonight on this topic, faithfulness. I.J., faithfulness. Yes, faithfulness. That's what I want to talk to you about tonight, faithfulness. Listen to me. Almighty God is the giver of life. Can we say amen to that? He is not only the giver of life, but he is the giver of gifts. He is the giver of time. He's the giver of talent. He's the giver of treasure. And guess what? He has given us ability to earn and to create. And guess what? He has also given us the power of the Holy Ghost. So our God gives us life. Our God gives us gifts and time and talent and treasure and ability. You know, sometimes people, we overlook that part, ability. You know, we go to work 
and we work, we go to work and we're gifted, talented, and we do the things on our job that we're like, I went and got that job and earned the money. And we did not stop to think that the ability that you have, the talent that you have, the gift that you have, where you're doing such a wonderful job on your job, is because God gave that to you. So he gave you an ability to earn. So whatever you can possess, whatever you have, it came from the Lord. Can we say amen? There's nothing that we have or will ever be able to obtain that did not come from the Lord. There's everything that we have, everything that we can have, everything that we can obtain, it came from the Lord. Don't believe me? Watch this. Psalms 24, verse 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he had founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. You know that. Look at this. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Love this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I don't know if you don't understand by now that everything comes from him. Colossians chapter 1, this is really good, can't wiggle out of this one. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. How do we wiggle out of that? Everything that we can ever be, everything that we can ever have, anything that we can ever do, it's because of the almighty God. There is no other reason. There is no other way. It's only because of him. We cannot act like this is this is what we don't understand, that when we decide not to include God or not to make God the focus of our life, we don't realize you might not go around puffed up. You might not go around haughty. You might not go around acting like you are God's gift. But just by not doing what God say to do, you are doing it because you are ignoring that what you have where it came from. What you have, have you acknowledged where it came from? If I could have entitled this something else, I would have entitled it, Talk is Cheap. We do a lot of talking all the time about the things of God. And God is standing here saying, when are you going to stop talking and start doing something? I hear you talking about I'm your God. I hear you talking about if it wasn't for the Lord who is on my side, where would I be? I hear you saying God is good all the time and all the time. I hear you saying all that stuff. But when are you going to do something? God don't waste time. And that's why sometimes we do a whole lot of talking and he just stay quiet because he said, I'm just going to let you talk because you've been doing this for a long time and I've been waiting for you to do something. But all you've been doing is talking. You've been trying to sell people on your conversation and not with your actions. 
The parable we just read must not be confused with the parable of the pounds. Though the two parables do have similarities, note that each servant in this parable was given money. So those talents were considered to be money. A talent was worth about 20 years wages. The man with much ability was given five talents. The man with average ability received two talents. The man with minimal ability received one talent. Keep that in mind. They received the talents according to their ability. It's very important. We don't want to skip over that. The talents represents opportunities to be used according to our abilities. All of us have abilities, but we need an opportunity to utilize our abilities. If the five talent guy was given minimal ability and he was to try to use the five talents it would be he would be destroyed because that would be heavy responsibility for someone to have minimal ability but you give them a whole lot of responsibility you follow what i'm saying you god will not give you a whole lot of responsibility if you have minimal ability <laughs> but if but if only one talent man were given to if the one talent man was given a whole lot of responsibility that wouldn't be fair either because he would be only able to handle minimal responsibility because that will then cause him to be disgraced and degraded because he would be trying to do something he wasn't capable of doing. So God wouldn't do that to any one of us. God is not going to utilize you less than what you're supposed to be utilized, and he's not going to over-utilize you because you would not be capable of doing it. God will portion out to us what we need to do according to our ability. We have been called to the kingdom of God and has been assigned to ministries according to the abilities and gifts God has given us. Hmm. Guess what? Everyone, every one of us has been given ability and talent. There is not one person before you was even formed in your mother's womb, you were given ability and talent or talents. So all of us came into this world with ability and with talents or talent. There's no denying it. We must consider our ability and the opportunity we're given a privilege to serve the Lord and multiply his goods that he has entrusted us with. We are rewarded not solely in proportion to the amount of work that we produce, but according to our ability and the means that are at our disposal. 
Let me give you a good example for preachers. You don't want to go around and thinking that every preacher is going to pastor a church of a thousand. You don't want to go around thinking every preacher is going to pastor a church of 5,000 or uh, 500 or 250 or whatever. All the churches are made up of different numbers because God already gave, already gave that pastor an ability to handle what God called him to handle. And because this man over here is, is handling 2,500 and this one over here is handling 100, it doesn't mean one is better than one. Because that's how we see it. That's how we judge it. But we don't understand God is only going to make you responsible for the ability that he has given to you and the means by which you will do what you're supposed to do. There are some people that's going to get themselves in trouble because they are, what we like to say, they're biting off more than they can chew. Meaning that the ability that God has given them, they're going beyond that. And if they go beyond that, they will never be able to do what they're supposed to do. But the person that stays within where God calls him or calls her, they will be able to handle their situation. These three servants fell into two categories. You ready for this? Faithful or unfaithful? This parable we just read points out the categories these servants fell into. Faithful or unfaithful? Mm -hmm. We are either faithful or unfaithful to the Lord Jesus. There is no in-between. There are no gray areas. God is not like man. Please. Ooh, got my example. Got my example. So for some of you, you might not understand this, but some of you will understand this. Immigration are no joke. They're supposed to be the ones who keep the border, making sure things are done legally, how people come in and out of a country. And I've been following immigration long enough to know and feel like immigration is unrealistic in what they require from people. If you ever try to keep up with immigration laws, you're going to say, but this doesn't make sense. If you ever try to keep up with immigration laws, you're going to say, this just go way beyond. There is just no gray area. Immigration laws don't give you any wiggle room. If you want to think that they are going to allow this or allow that, you're crazy. Because they don't, they black and white, right or wrong. They don't go any other place, black or white, right or wrong. That's just how they operate. And so while God is merciful, while God is gracious, we won't have no gray areas that we can rest in to say, well, God, don't you understand? There is no understanding because God lays out what he expects of us and he's already given us the ability to do what he expects of us. So please don't trick yourself or deceive yourself to say, well, God won't mind or God understands. 
God will not understand what you want him to understand. God will only understand what he commands us to do. God will only understand what he commands us to do. Because he knows what he commands us to do will make us successful. And he knows we are able and capable of doing what he commands us to do. And oftentimes, especially in this hour, we will rationalize what we think God will be okay with. I think that's dangerous, church. I think it's very dangerous to do your own thing that you say, I don't think God will mind. I don't see how this is that big of a deal. I, I, you know, I just think that God understands this. And some of you might just be going over the top. Church, be careful with that one. Be careful with that one. God, if you go to the book of Revelation, it talks about how we will be judged. And we're going to be judged according to God's word, not according to our understanding, not according to how we feel, not according to what we think God should understand. We're going to be judged according to the word of God. So if that's true, we better start thinking like the immigration people want us to think. No gray areas. It's just black and white. That's the way God is doing it. Everything we have or will obtain belongs to the Lord Jesus. We are just stewards over it. (laughs) What is committed to our trust is no small thing as stewards of God. Whatever God has entrusted you with, whatever talents, whatever ability that God has entrusted you with, it's no small thing. Whatever resource that God has entrusted you with, it's no small thing. So God has has entrusted each and every one of us with 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 responsibility, with resources, with 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 abilities and with talent. He has entrusted us with that and it's no small thing and we can't take it for granted because God is going to come and ask us what did we do with it. There is no listen to this this is very important. There is no interest that is carried forward without the labor of men. If his servants cease to work, his cause on earth comes to an end. <laughs> yes, God is all powerful and he can do whatever he want. But God had decided to create us. God had decided to create beings that can have fellowship with him, that can be like him. And so he incorporated us into his plan. So this is his plan. And so as long as we are here on the earth, we are here as part of God's plan. And we are the ones that will do things here to carry forth what God wants done. And when if we all decide, including saved individual, if we all decide we're not doing it, then God's plan in the earth, it ceases. Because God's plan was to bring us, restore us, reconcile us, bring us into right relationship with him. So if we decide that we're not doing anything, then the purpose is gone. It's done. And so we have to start thinking about that. Because unfortunately, we still think that as children of God, that we can be a part of God's kingdom and be on chill mode. 
The master distributes his goods according to our ability. Each gets what each can conveniently and effectively handle. God is not giving you a task. God is not calling you to do something that you cannot handle. We have scripture where it says, the Lord will not put more on you than you can bear. If he put it in your heart, stop making excuses as to why you won't do it. Because he wouldn't put it in your heart. He wouldn't put it in the book if he didn't think you could do it. So don't come across the thought that God has put in your heart or the word that God has caused you to read and says, God, you know I can't. God, you know this is hard. And God is shaking his head. We have scriptures for this church. Moses argued with God about he couldn't talk. Come on, let's go back in the word and realize what you're doing is nothing new. When you're saying, God, I, I, you know, this is just too hard or God, I don't think you called me. We've been doing that for the longest. Jeremiah tried that mess as well. I'm a baby. I'm a kid. We're always trying to convince God he ain't talking to us. Oh, well, God, you know, what is the problem? We living in this hour should have all the examples we need to realize if God put it in my heart, I am very uncomfortable, but I'm going to get it done. I'm not telling you when God is not expecting you to be uncomfortable, to be comfortable with everything he puts in your heart or tell you to do. It's not about being comfortable. It's not about being confident. It's about being obedient. And so sometimes, most of the times when God calls you to do something, it's very uncomfortable. Whatever God is putting in your heart is something that you're not comfortable with. But God is not saying, I want you to be comfortable. God is saying, I want you to be obedient. I'm sure Tracy Ann was so ready to get baptized tonight. It was amazing how she just was rolling. Just everything just seemed to just flow. But I'm sure when she thought about she wanted to be baptized, she started going through her mind like what could it be like? Uh, that she got to step out of her out of her box and be around people that she probably don't want to be around and have to probably speak in public and she don't want to speak. I'm sure there's things that started going through her mind like, I don't really want to go through all of that. But because she was determined that I am going to get baptized because this is the will of God for my life, she had to put all of that aside and says, whatever you want, God, if it means I got to be around people, if it means I got to hold my baby in her hand while I'm trying to get baptized and baby won't let me go, whatever it means, it does not matter because I'm going to do what God wants me to do. We got to run with that, church. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable. It doesn't matter how much it could just be a challenge. It doesn't matter how much, you know, it's something that you think you can't do. If God said it, just go do it as much as you're uncomfortable, as much as you probably don't want to. Just go and do it. So the master returned after a long time. To settle his accounts with them. Mm -hmm. Jesus in this parable was making it clear that he would return or his return would not be immediate. The scripture says, the text that we read says, after a long time, the master come. 
So so Jesus wanted us to realize I'm coming, but not as quick as you might think, but I'm coming. The settled accounts indicate that the master had expected his servants to make money with his money. <laughs> Can I just slide this in? I might as well. The best way to make money with his money is to invest his money in what he's doing. Let me just slide that in. The, the best way to invest his money and to let his money make money is to invest his money in his kingdom. That's the best way to do it. I told you the other day, ain't not, the stock market don't have nothing like the kingdom of God. The stock market can't even compare. Your 401k don't compare. All of the investment, investment that we have, it don't even come close to the return you will get on your money when you invest it in the kingdom of God. For those of you that have been faithful in investing and giving in the kingdom of God, if you want to look back, you will be honest with yourself and says, I'm still not sure how I've been living this life that I live with what I make. All right, let me just put it on me. I'm going to put it on me. You can do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want. So let me say it for myself. I am amazed at the life that I'm living for what I'm making. But from day number one, when I decide to surrender my life to God and be faithful what, to whatever he has given me and say, God, I'm going to invest in the kingdom. I'm still today in amazement like, man, God, I don't know how I'm living this life on the salary that I'm making. But you have been good because there is no better investment to make than the one you do in the kingdom of God. The two men who put their money to work each received the same commendation. The two men who put their money to work, they each received the same commendation. It was good. It was not the portion, but it was the proportion that made the difference. So hear me again. Whatever God has given you, he has given you according to your ability. He is not concerned with how much, the, the portion of it. He's not concerned with that. He's concerned with are you using the ability that I've given you to its fullest. That's what he's concerned with. They started, watch this in case you missed this. I read this many times and here's one of the new things I got out of it. They started out. As servants. But their Lord promoted them to rulers because they were good stewards with what he has given them. A lot of people want to be rulers, but you can't be rulers until you become a good steward first. And if you don't become a good steward, you can never be a ruler. And ruler can just mean a leader or an overseer, not somebody that's dictating and controlling. When we say ruler, we're just talking about someone that has responsibility and leadership over something. And so many of us are saying, well, I'm qualified to be overseer. I'm qualified to be leader. But the question is first, have you been a good steward? Have you been a good steward? Because if you're a good steward, you don't have to worry about it. God will recognize you. God will promote you. But if you have not been a good steward, then guess what? You're going to have to pray and ask God to help you to be the best steward you can be with what he has given you. 
They were faithful with a few things. So the Lord trusted them with many things. <laughs> they had worked and toiled, and now they were able to enter into his rest. All the labor that you will put forth, Brother Scarlett, you always talking about, you know, you know, we got to continue to work while it is yet day. And, and, and so the bottom line is God is calling us to use what he's given us and do something with it. Use our ability to do something with it. Because if we will do what we're supposed to do, the day will come when you will enter into his rest from all the toiling and the laboring that you have done with what God has given you. Don't worry about your serving God. Don't worry about your laboring God. There's coming a day when God will say, come on in and enter into my rest. You have toiled. You have, you, you grinded it out. You, you was a grinder and you grind. <laughs> Their faithfulness gave them a capacity for greater service and responsibility. Oh, my God. Mm-mm-mm. This is interesting. Their faithfulness gave them a capacity for greater service and responsibility. Some of us, church, if we would just start with the little things that God has put in our heart to do, we will see that God will do some great things through us. But you can't get to big things until you're good with the little things. That's just the way it works. And so some of us won't even get started. And so that's a problem. We got to get started and start doing the little things. The third servant was unfaithful and therefore was unrewarded. Because this man was afraid he would fail, he never tried to succeed. The biggest, the biggest criticizers in the church are the people that are afraid to fail. Because they're afraid to fail, they decide I'm not going to do anything. Because if I do something and I fail, people are going to talk about me. So I just sit around and talk about those who are doing it and not doing a good job. <laughs> when all it comes down to is you are a coward. Ah, oh, you need to wear it. You, you are a coward. And so you have decided so nobody can criticize me because I'm a criticizer. So I know people criticize because you always take the position of, of what you do. You always know others do that too. Yes, yes, yes. So if you like to criticize, you know other people will criticize. So guess what you do? You stay in the cut and you lay down low because you don't want to be criticized. Because you know you have been criticized, people. And so this man was afraid he would fail, so he never even tried to succeed. He feared life and his responsibilities. This paralyzed him with anxiety, so he buried the talent to protect it. I don't have a problem with my children trying and failing. I have a problem with them not trying at all. Yeah, I got a problem with them just not trying. 
But if they try and they fail, we can have a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard a conversation today. Some of you that's, that study behavior and all that stuff. I don't know what the, be- the behavioral people in, in this church. But they said one of the good ways. Uh, Sister Crystal, I can tell you. You got a small kid. Um, they say one of the best ways to talk to kids is not talk to them about why, but talk to them about what. Just that simple statement here. Don't talk to them about why. Why, why. why put them in a position to defend? When you start asking people why, they go on a defense. But when you start asking them about, well, what happened? They go on the offense. They'll explain to you. This is what happened. But if you keep saying why, they shut down or they start defending. <laughs> you didn't think you was going to get that in church. <laughs> So there you go. Do your little parenting skills real quick. <laughs> and so he went and buried his one talent. The least he could have done was put the money in the bank and it would collect interest. But he was so fearful that he wouldn't even take any risk at all. It is significant to recognize the servant who did nothing at all for his master was the one who had received one talent. Hear me up. Most of us probably have one talent. I always say I only got one talent. You want me to tell you what my talent is? My one talent is to be able to recognize talent. Just saying. That's my one talent, D. I can recognize good food. I can recognize good restaurants. I can recognize talented people. That's my one talent to recognize stuff. I don't have a whole lot of talent. I don't know about you. You might have a whole lot. I only got one, I think. That's why I can't multitask. <laughs> only got one. <laughs> Ooh, help me, Jesus. And so I, I just have one talent. I'm not multitasking. But it's interesting to, 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 to realize that the one talent person was the one who went and hid the talent. This is the peculiar temptation of a person who has little ability. Don't be intimidated because you only have one talent and you look around and other people have five and ten talents, two talents. And you only have one and you're looking around like, well, what's wrong with me? That's what we do. What's wrong with me? I only have one. Brother Henry had five. Sister Patrice got ten. I only got one. And so, you know what you do? You get so discouraged that you said, I'm not doing anything because it's not going to make any difference. Mm -hmm. By showing no interest in the opportunity that God has seen fit that we should fulfill that one talent person convince himself that he is not qualified to do what he needs to do so when you start looking around and see somebody like sister crystal have about 15 talents she got about 15 talents and you look around and like man everything she do she does good what is that all about And you only have one, and she's got 15, and you're saying, well, 
don't make sense. Let Crystal do it all because I only have one and my one don't mean a whole lot. We can't look at it like that. Every one of us have been given abilities and talents and God wants you to use it because it fits within his plan. You don't know and understand the significance of your part in the plan. All you need to do is just do your part in the plan. It doesn't matter if you only have one talent. Just do your part. Let the 10 talenters and the 15 talenters and the 5 talenters do their thing. You just do it. I'm okay with my one. So if you only have one, me and you together. Root, 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 root. One. We the one talenters. We okay. (laughs) You and I are in the same condemnation as that one talent dude when we refuse to do anything because we cannot do what we think would be a whole lot. When we refuse to help where we cannot lead, when we hesitate about aiding in some work because those with whom you would be associated with is doing a better job and you think they're going to show you up, when we do stuff like that, when we place ourselves in that kind of way of thinking, we put ourselves in condemnation because we look around and we says, I'm not getting involved with that ministry over there because that person that's leading it, they, they so good, they're going to show me up. And I don't want to get involved with that ministry. I don't want to be associated with those people because they have a whole lot of talent and I have none. You can't do that. You put yourself in condemnation. This is a miserable, miserable behavior. And we have to prevent that from coming into our heart where we think we can't do stuff because we don't have the ability like so-and-so. If we think like this servant, this one talent servant, that God is hard, grudging to give, never really delighting in our efforts after good, and that whatever we attempt in our life, he will coldly weigh and scorn us, we will have no heart to labor for him. So if you start having these negative understanding of God, you will not labor. And so if you're not laboring for God, maybe you just don't understand who he is. If you're not laboring for God, maybe you don't understand God's character and his attributes. And so you have this misconception of who God is. So you decide, well, God understands. Back back to that. A lot of people have tried to pass off themselves as they know God when they say God understands. But mark this down tonight. Every person that says God understands, they don't know God. They have deceived themselves in thinking they know God. Listen, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name? Lord, Lord, haven't we cast demons out in your name? And he will say, depart from me for I never knew you. So God will bless people. God will use people that never knew him. So they're going to be telling you they know him because he blessed them. They're going to be telling you they know him because one day God used them to say something godly. They're going to be telling you he knows them and they know him because of some experience. But that doesn't mean they know him when they say God understands. When you hear that God understands, whether it's you saying it or somebody else saying it, when you hear God understands, you don't know him. 
and you need to get on your face and say, God, why am I saying this? Because if I really truly didn't know you, I wouldn't be saying this. God understands. Even if God understands, let him understand. I don't want to know he understands. Even if God understands, I don't want to know. I want to beat myself up and just tell myself, you better do what God says. You better do what God says and stop getting a crutch talking about God understands. If he understands, let him understand on his own. He God all by himself, and I'm not going to get into that conversation with him like, Lord, do you understand? No, I'm not getting into that conversation because I know he judges us according to his word. So I'm not going to get into that conversation about him understanding. Let me stay here and do everything I can, calling on his name, crying, and reaching out, saying, God, I want to do better. God, I want to change this. But I'm not settling, talking about he understands because I won't do what I'm supposed to do. I'm not going to say God understands because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. No, I'm going to wake up every day and cry. Lord, why can't I get this together? Lord, why can't I get this right? Lord, why won't I do what you want me to do? Because I am not going to use any excuse as to why I'm not doing it. Whatever is wrong with me, Lord, help me to be what I need to be. Not using no excuse. If you want to use the excuse and, and rest on your crutch, God understands that's on you. I can't take that chance. I can't take that chance, church. I cannot take the chance to say God understands. What does his word say? And that's all it is. And I'm no different from you. There's much of God's word that I read, and I say, ouch. You're telling me I got to start doing that? We like to think the hard things about God that, you know, he understands if we don't do it. No, no, no. He, he, want, he commanded us all to do all that he commanded us to do. Ain't no God understand nothing. And I'll tell you this. This is from the Holy Ghost here. When you say one, God understands. You're going to say two, God understands. You're going to say three. God understands. And you won't stop. The moment you settle on one God, this is the Holy Ghost here. The moment you settle on one God understand, it's not going to stop. You're going to have another situation that you're going to compromise and say God understands. Then another situation and say God understands that you're compromising. And before you know it, you're compromising a lot of situations, a lot of areas in your life because you started out with that one compromise. God understands. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. That God wants somebody to know your one compromise is causing you to have many more compromise. Go back to the first compromise and say, God, help me to not compromise this anymore. Go back to the first compromise. Because if you overcome that first compromise, you will overcome the other ones. But you got to go back to the first compromise and say, God, I'm not going to compromise and say, you understand. I'm going to do what you command me to do, and I will not compromise. It might seem like nothing to you. But God is telling me to tell you it is something because it will lead you to more compromising of what God wants you to do. This servant. 
said God understands because that's kind of his behavior. Yeah, I only have one talent. And he had two and he had five. God won't mind that I go put this talent in the ground. So at least when he comes, at least I'll, I'll give him back the one talent he gave me. Don't you see that? That's how we do when we compromise. Don't you see that understanding thing? In God understands. That he might as well just have said that in the scripture. That, that, that servant might as well have said, well, he's going to understand. Let me dig my hole. Because at least he gets back the one talent that he gave me. So he understands that. He's, that doesn't that make sense to you? That, that, that if somebody give you something and they go away for a long time and they come back and you said, you know, I still got that thing. Here you go. Don't you think don't that sound reasonable? Mm-hmm. It does sound reasonable. You don't have to nod your head. I'm telling you, to me, that sounds reasonable. But that's not how God rolled. And that's my point of saying, stop saying God understands. God only understands what he expects and command us to do. Not what we come up with. Not what we decide to do. He does not understand that. This servant labeled God as all kind of things. Obviously, he didn't know God. And he made it out to make it seem like God was this bad master and all of this stuff. But what really messed him up is God said, couldn't you at least just put my money in the bank so I can earn some interest? All right. You want to call me a bad man and say I reap where I didn't sow and all of this stuff. You want to say all that? Fine. But you couldn't put the money in the bank because that don't cost you anything. Just put it in the bank. And you couldn't do that. God don't understand anything but what he commands us to do. God has not given us any commandments that we don't have the ability to fulfill. So you can't even use that as an excuse as to why you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Because God has given you the ability to do what he calls you to do. The parable, interestingly enough, I'm closing here, does not... Or did not acknowledge any servants who have absolutely no talent. Isn't that interesting? It didn't say we had a servant with zero talent, one with one talent, one with two, one with. It says one, two, and five, right? So that's clear that all of us have a talent or talents. What we do not use for the Lord. We are in danger of losing. What we do not use for the Lord, we are in danger of losing. The master reprimanded the unfaithful, unprofitable servant and then took his talent from him. (laughs) The man with the most talent received the extra talent. Isn't that interesting? God, he got plenty. Why are you giving him more? Because he has proven that he can handle a whole lot. It is possible that the one talent man thought that his one talent was not really important. Again, I'm telling you, church, don't think your one talent is not important. I told you when I was coming up in the church, my first real leadership position in the church, I was so embarrassed to lead the people that I was called to lead because all of them been in church longer than me and knew more than me. 
So I was embarrassed. I was just like, this is not good. But all I did was obey. That's all I could do. I had nothing to rest on but obedience. The pastor told me to do it, so I know God told him to tell me. So all I know is, well, God, you told, you, you're telling me to do this, so I'll do it because you're telling me. But you're embarrassing me, God. <laughs> oh, God, you're embarrassing me. Because these people are going to be watching my every move because they're going to look and say, I don't know how he's leading us. What does he know? And so I would just, I just didn't even want to deal with it. I didn't want to do anything. I'm just like, but I just decide I'm going to be obedient. And so this one talent, he did not have five talents or even two. Why worry about one? It's not that big of a deal. Because we are appointed as stewards of God, we have to do something with what God has given us that will bring glory to his name. We're called stewards of God. We're stewards. We are, we, we are supposed to have stewardship over what God has given us. And so whether it's one or ten or five, you're called to do something with it. You're going to have to give an account with what you do with it. This is clear. In Matthew 25, 29, it says, For, every, for unto every one that had shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that had not shall be taken away even that which he had. Jesus already taught the concept of to everyone who has, more will be given. This parable described the consequences of two attitudes regarding Christ's return. If you read the scriptures in Matthew 25 from verse 1 through 13, it was talking about the ten virgins. The wise virgins and the foolish ones. The parables were just telling us about they're dealing with the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So all of this that we're talking about here tonight is all about what are we doing until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not just some temporary thing. This is about eternity. What are we doing with what God has given us? The person who diligently prepares for it, meaning his return, by investing his or her time, talent, and treasure to serve God will be rewarded. The person who has no heart for the work of the kingdom will be rejected and punished. God rewards faithfulness. God rewards faithfulness. Church, if you don't have a heart for the kingdom of God, you better start praying. God, I, you, you know what's so great about God? We can be so transparent and honest with him in our closet. You don't have to pray that in front of anybody. You've got to love that, that we don't have to pray these prayers in front of anybody. We just go get lost in our closet and say, God, I heard your word tonight, and I'm concerned because I don't have a drive. I don't have a passion for the things of the kingdom. Will you do something in my heart that I will begin to have a passion, a drive, a love, a hunger for the things of the kingdom of God so I can get involved because this have every bit to do with my eternity. Those who bear no fruit for God's kingdom cannot expect to be treated the same as those who are faithful. Bless you. So those 
who bear no fruit for God's kingdom cannot expect to be treated the same as this is why sometimes jealousy happens in church. Because if you just decide whether you're nervous or scared and don't want to do it or you just want to be disobedient and not do what God wants you to do because you're looking at yourself. They only got one talent. Whatever it is that's making you not doing anything. You see others doing something. And God starts blessing them because God has to honor his word. If you will do what he tells you, he will reward you. And so God starts rewarding those who are doing it. And you're sitting over there like, huh, what's going on over there? Just do your part. And people be wondering about you, what's going on with you? <laughs> Woo. I'm closing. Here we go. Trust comes to the trustworthy. Trust comes to the trustworthy. And so if you're trustworthy, God will trust you. But you have to prove that you're trustworthy. Brother Sharp, trust comes to the trustworthy. Brother Sharp has that 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. prayer. I don't know how we're going to handle that tonight. (laughs) But he has the 9 and 10 o'clock prayer time. And sometimes it's just him. But he's being faithful to it. And so if, if, if you haven't prayed in the morning, join Brother Sharp on the line at 9 o'clock to pray while he's praying. I'm telling you, it's such a blessing when two or more can begin to pray and echo and pray the prayers of faith. It is so wonderful. I am so blessed in the morning when I tune in. Brother Is, I heard you this morning. I'm so blessed when I tune in in the morning and I'm hearing everybody pray. I just get so, I, get, I, I just get tickled. I get tickled listening to everybody praying. Some of you still sound sleepy, but you're still getting it out. It's all right that you pray half sleep. We are doing the will of God. It's okay. Don't be embarrassed that you're praying half sleep because sometimes you're going to fall asleep. Sometimes you're going to be saying foolish things. It's okay. We've been living for God long enough to know these things happen when you pray early. Are you kidding me? Don't even worry about it. Get on there and pray. And when you fall asleep, shake yourself. Oh, man, I've been sleeping there. Let me get back up and pray. It's okay. And when you're praying about some, something that have nothing to do with anything, it's all right. Shake yourself up and say, let's keep praying. Are you kidding me? We've been living for God long enough. We ain't trying to find no faults with each other. We've been living for God long enough, and we all have made some foolish and crazy mistakes keep on living for God it's all right it's all right you're kidding me devil is a liar we ain't paying him no mind because the devil want to tell you you fell asleep this morning you only said two words and so what devil I know I only said two words I had a bad morning this morning I didn't pray like I wanted to but guess what I prayed a little bit a little later and God kept me through the day and tomorrow I'm going to pray don't let him make you feel bad. Devil, devil don't want to. Devil don't want to mess with us. He don't want to mess with us because all the tricks that he's going to use, we're gonna say, "Get out of here." We've been living for God long enough. We know all of that stuff. Get out of here. <laughs> Opportunities are taken away from those who fail to use them. Take advantage of the opportunities you're being given by God. Men here on earth give to those that had. That, that had and faithful work is rewarded 
by openings of higher kind. When you're faithful over little things, you will become faithful over big things. You will get big things. Listen to this. A muscle that is not exercised tends to degenerate and lose power. And so whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing in God, if you're not doing it, you're not going to want to do it. Have you ever checked your body out, how it operates if you do a little bit of exercise? If you become accustomed to exercise, it is so amazing that you would think exercise make you weary and tired. Okay, exercise lady. But isn't it interesting? It is interesting that if we don't exercise, if we're used to exercising all the time and we don't, we feel sluggish. But if we keep exercising, we're like, oh, man, well, it's the same thing with what God has called us to do. If we don't do it, we're going to feel sluggish and not want to do it. But if we keep doing it, we're going to build muscles and say, is that all you got? I need more, Lord. Give me more, Lord. Give me more because I'm doing it and I'm getting stronger and stronger. But we got to do it first. Use that muscle that God has given you to do what God wants you to do. Each time. We use the grace of God that we have been given by responding to the demands of Jesus Christ. It returns increases in our life. The unused talent passes from the servant who would not use it to the servant who will use it. Here's a nice one I'm going to close with. A landlord has two farms laying together. The one is admirably managed manicured, kept. The other is left almost to itself with the least possible management and becomes the talk of the whole town for the poor crops and untidiness. No one asks what the landlord will do when the leases are up. It is a matter, of course, that the landlord will dismiss the careless tenant and put his farm into the hands of the skillful, diligent farmer. If we can see that, where two people are renting property, and one keep the property real good, and the other just leave it to be shabby. If we can see that and say, what in the world is going on? And realize, if I was the landlord, they couldn't live in my place. If the landlord or if you are the landlord can think like that, what should God do? Don't tell me he understands. Get that vocabulary out of your mouth that God understands. Because with our natural naked eye and with our abilities and with our ways of being, our characteristics, we know that we don't want to rent to nobody that don't take care of our place. But we expect for God to just still reward us even though we don't take care of what's his. Let's stand. <laughs> Woo! God is good, church. We're called to be faithful. God is faithful, and we ought to be faithful. And so we ought to be faithful with our time, our talents, and our treasure. Let's continue to be faithful to God. Let's continue to be faithful to God. Let's continue to be faithful in serving God. Let's continue to be faithful in all things pertaining to God. Because God is faithful, we ought to be faithful to God. Lord, we thank you tonight for your goodness and your mercy. Your presence, Lord God, is truly in this place. And, oh God, you have spoken to our heart. Now, Lord Jesus, 
I pray that you will help us to engraft in our heart the true word of God and that we will live out this word, Lord God, and not make excuses and not, Almighty God, compromise. Help us, Lord God, to become doers of your word and not hearers only, Lord God. Oh, God, to thrive and to do what you've called us to do, Lord God. Oh, Father, to be obedient and walk in your purpose and walk in obedience and utilize the abilities and talents that you have given us, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you will help us to be more determined than ever before, that you will help us, Lord, to go forward in doing your will. We love you, Jesus, and we honor you today, Lord God. Oh, Father, have your way. And as we leave this place tonight, your hand will be upon us, and the Spirit of God will guide us and lead us, and the power of the Holy Ghost uh, will do a work in us, Lord God. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We bless your holy name, Almighty God, for you are our God. Besides you, there is no other Savior. Besides you, there is none other that gives life, Lord God. You are the source of everything, Lord God. In you does all things consist. Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us to be faithful, Lord. We give you praise and honor tonight, Lord God. We give you praise and honor tonight, Lord. We bless your name, Lord God. Oh, Lord, there is none like you. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, Mama Thomas, let me pray for you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Mama Thomas traveling. Pray that God will keep his hand upon her. Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over her life. I pray the power of the Holy Ghost will overshadow her. I pray that you will shield her and keep her and protect her. Oh, God, I pray that you will impart to her your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding. And, Lord, give her boldness and courage to speak the word of God, to declare the will of God. I pray, Father, that you will give her favor. Bless her goings and her comings. Oh, I pray the provision of God for her, Lord God. That, Lord, your will be done in her life. Your kingdom manifest in her life, Lord God. Oh, God, I pray your safety and protection upon her, Lord God. Let no weapon form against her prosper. Oh, Lord Jesus, have your way in her life, Lord God. Your peace, let it pass all understanding in her life. Your joy, let it flood her soul, Lord God. We thank and praise you. We thank and praise you. Bless her, Lord God. Bless her goings and her comings. We thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, help us. Don't forget, give to the offering tonight. Don't forget, leaders, Saturday at 5 p.m., come with your commitment cards. And Sunday morning, we will have our commitment at 9 a.m. service and 10.30 service. We will have our commitment. Come with an expectation and with an obedient spirit to do what God wants you to do. God bless you. Have a great rest of your night.